welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers, podcast number 41. Big welcome back to anybody's returning, and thanks for stopping in to anybody who's new this week. Well, this week's podcast is with a highly requested and anticipated Peter White, also known to our Twitter community friends as Pa White. This podcast is super size, comes in over two hours. We met up in California to do an in-person podcast, and a couple difficulties and a couple hours of chatting set us behind, so we had to reschedule for a take two. By the time the take two happened, the Dead & Company shows at Shoreline were in the rearview mirror, so we got a chance to meet and dance at the Saturday show and had so much fun, and uh, recapping that adds to the length of this uh, awesome podcast. Next up for me is Fenway and SPAC. Uh, To say I'm excited is the understatement of the year. Want to do a couple shout outs to last weekend, some of the friends that were strangers that I got a chance to say hello to. Uh, Melinda, hey, Rana, Joe Rivera, Doug Clifton, and I'm sure there's many more. I can't wait till next week to have uh, another handful of people that I've been dying to meet that uh, we get to meet each other and shake our hands. And then lastly, I want to say I received an email from Rob Christensen, who shared with me that they had recently lost a very dear friend and fellow deadhead, Rick Garrity. In his memorial, his father had put, when Rick walked into the room, there were no strangers. So the first pick of today's music by Peter is Scarlet Begonias. So this Scarlet Begonias goes out to Rick, his family, and his friends, all playing together in the Heart of Gold Band, sending much love and peace to all. Well, thank you, as always, for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you in a few weeks. Well, Peter, welcome to Strangers Stopping Strangers. Well, thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. This Glad is uh, to be you're, here today. You're here twice. This is uh, this is our take two. Deja vu all over again. Not not. I got to say, it's uh, a bit different from take one, but take one was fun. I enjoyed it. Well, I think take one was the beginning that got us to take two. So, well, so take uh-huh, one. Uh-huh. I'll, we'll explain to um, to all of the listeners that have tuned in to hear your stories. Take one was two days ago in person because I'm out in California. You know, we thought it'd be super fun to meet in person and do it that way. And we ended up. Which it was. It was. And then we ended up yakking too long and we had technical difficulties. So. <laughs> Combination of chatter. As, as, yeah. As deadheads are, are want to do, you know, we yeah. start talking about stuff and then there you go. Um, and you realize Time the microphone flies. doesn't work, and you got to start all back yeah. over with take two. <laughs> but, uh, but we got to meet, and then we got to see each other at Shoreline, and now like now yeah. we're friends. Now we're not yeah. strangers anymore. So it's it's uh, that's right. That was <laughs> awesome. We should also mention that this is post uh, two Dead and Company shows at Shoreline. Yes. So this is the day after the Sunday show, and um, it was. Two fantastic shows this weekend. Uh, I was very impressed with the with the whole crew. It it really was. I mean, the first. I mean, the first show. O'Teal singing China Doll, right? I mean, that was. Oh, that was the highlight of my weekend, right there. Yeah. And that was just 
um, that was priceless. And then he, he, uh, posted a recollection. I don't know if you saw it on Facebook. I did. Where, yeah, where he just totally, you know, was thinking of Greg Allman. And of course he was buried Saturday and boy, and he, he really put that emotion into that song. It was absolutely beautiful. Just melted me. So yay, O'Teal. Yay, O'Teal. And, and my other yay, just from like, I was, you know, up at the lawn most of the time when I wasn't, um, gratefully stubbed down by friends, but, um, was with other friends. <clears throat> <laughs> so thank you for that, section 200. Um, but I, but you know, you want to go back and forth because it's like you want to be close, but you want to be with the right. ones you came with at the same time. So it's, it's all the different Absolutely. experiences. Yeah. Well, I was looking oh, you at, have to. Yeah, you bop around, and I was looking at the screen, and I mean, they really, uh, Jeff. I mean, I mean, he played his heart out, and he got a lot more. Um, you know, they finally let Jeff turn it up. I mean, I thought that was another huge highlight. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. You could finally hear Jeff, and even on the webcast, um, which it may even be the same feed um, that they show at the shows, but yeah, they finally turned Jeff up and. Now people who who really don't know Jeff can discover just how incredible he is as a keyboard player. He's truly a phenomenal, phenomenal, talented guy, uh, a jazz pianist uh, from here, you know, out here in the Bay Area, and just super, super. And his jams, and you know, that, that Eyes of the World, Saturday night. Oh my God, I just love that. I love when he takes off on that piano. Oh, he—he's. I mean, he's so good. And also, I—I I mean, my other thing I just love about him is he's just—he's so happy, right? I mean, he's just. Yeah. He is just so smiley and so cute and so happy. He reminds me of like a a big dog that's like looking out the window when you're driving down the road, like a big, yeah, you know, like yeah. a golden, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, Golden Lab, and they've got their tongue out the road, and you see that smiley, smiley, and, and they just look like they're having the best time. Like that's that, how yeah. Jeff looks. Yeah, to me, just that big smiley, smiley, yeah. happy, happy, and that just—I mean, Andy's talented. It makes me so happy. Yeah, absolutely, and that's that's the way Jeff is. I mean, he's just a local guy that um, you know is extremely talented. And is the most down to earth, you know, you see, you see him, he's just in his t-shirt and shorts and sneakers and, you know, drink his Sierra Nevada and play, play that piano like you know, there's no tomorrow. Yeah, but he, uh, he tr- he's just, yeah, yeah, totally agree. I love, 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 love Jeff. Yes. Uh, and a shout out for, shout out to, to, you know, Rat Dog. I mean, coming back, coming from, you know, he got the call when it was, you know, way back in, you know, Rat Dog, and he didn't even know them. He had no familiarity with Grateful Dead at all, which is a fascinating story. Well, um, and now look at him. You know, well, I mean, he had no, he was a jazz pianist, um, you know, and he got the call and he worked, um, he worked with, you know, Bobby's horn, horn player back when they, back when Rat Dog had horns, which, um, I, totally miss rap dog and the horns oh my god i would die for that again but anyway uh he so he, the grateful dead was was new to him right and he you know really had no idea and then he got introduced to it and he's like oh <laughs> this is what i've been missing and really got into it obviously made it his own um 
but you know, there here he is now, or even you know when they did the 50th anniversary, you know, 50 years of Grateful Dead, and Je- you know Jeff Kameny's on stage. Yeah. It's like, man, that's got to be an unbelievable feeling. Yeah, um, he deserves just it. to, oh, absolutely, absolutely, it couldn't happen to a, uh, really a better person, and the talent, oh, yeah. so good. They were just so good. So, oh, yeah. they were so good. I mean, Bobby, yeah, amazing. And John, boy, you know, he brings it. I mean, all in all, the the, the you know, Mickey and Bill look like they're having the time of their lives. I mean, it was just um, it's just the music, the the people, the how much fun, and they sounded good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it all. Yeah, it was also good. You know, I got to say, it really was a good energy uh overall you know the the band uh bobby i mean was just he was on fire last night i mean he was fired up um he was damn near spitting out across five or six rows yeah um you know just he was just pumped up but the the crowd was i just awesome i mean just awesome like everywhere you went and and to me the highlight was the fact that Shoreline allowed Shakedown Street? Yeah, and and you know, um, the further um, bus. You haven't been here. Well, the further bus, and you you haven't been to the Shoreline. No, um, there's like no, they don't allow anything in the lots at all. As a matter of fact, normal shows, and I don't know what happened this weekend, but I'm very grateful for it. Normal shows, you can't even stand outside your car with a red cup. Wow. They shush, uh, shush, you know, go into the show. And even after the show, you know, when there's, you know, a line of traffic out to Yin Yang, and, you know, you figure, oh, I'll just listen to music, hang out here, why sit in the line of traffic? They, they make you get in your car and get in line. So this weekend, there was none of that. And it was like a whole different energy. It was just just a great energy. Um, the 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 main uh, concern, I guess, is you know the traffic and getting in and out of Shoreline. Of course, we all know That's getting out has always always been a you know always been a you know what it is. But it's really gotten bad getting in as well now, and so. Just a pro tip for those going to shows: get there early. Yeah, get, get there, there early, early and have you fun. Know, Start uh, the party early, you, <laughs> right? And if you know, I mean, be safe. You know, be kind. But if you can, you know, it sure changes your whole perspective on the show that you're not rushing in and they're on their third song um, because you know we've all been there, and um, that was my experience at shoreline last uh last winter when i went and i missed like half the first set of the dixie chicks and i was i was like fuming so (laughs) i mean the show was done for me i was like fuming so um pro tip even uh the rest of this tour you know i don't know all the venues but get there early have fun bring stickers you know meet people um, you know, it's it's such a great community. So it, it, enjoy yourselves. Yeah. 
I agree. I mean, I think I got there at two on Saturday and I think three on Sunday. And um, yeah, that I could have it. been there all day. No, it was so fun. And you know, the last thing I'll say about it that uh, to the point of shoreline being laxed and it being an outdoor venue, what was really um, what really struck me fully on Sunday too was um, you know with with pot being legal in California and all that. I mean. I, it's been since, I don't know, I mean, it's been since 20 years since I've seen a dead show or 21 years at Shoreline, but it's been 20 years or so since I've seen that much fucking smoke in, in like a, a <laughs> public place, right? Like, cause it, for the yeah, last 20 yeah. years, it'd be like one guy would light up a joint and then they'd kind of like move right. it around. But now, like, if there's four of them, all four of them just lit up the joints at once. Like, I swear I saw a bong inside there. Like, I have not seen so much smoke in 20 years. Like, and it was crazy, you know, like it was yeah, like yeah. so relaxed. It's, it's, I mean, everyone was just doing their thing, you know, it was just. So yeah, relaxed. it really was a good, it, it was, it was a good crowd. And I noticed in uh, a lot of my pictures that there's, yeah, it's like this smog haze, <laughs> you yeah. know, that you're, you're looking through and I'm not complaining because, you know, I, hey, I love a good secondhand high myself. Um, although I was pretty hungry by the, the end of the show. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I have not been to a show in a while where there really weren't any like intolerable, obnoxious, just drunks that, oh, you know, it's like, and, and I was so grateful for that. Um, where I was sitting on Saturday, there was, the chatter was at a minimal. Yeah. I even wore my hat with the STFU sticker on it and brought a, brought a sticker with me, you know, to STFU when Bobby's playing. Just in case there were chatters around me, I would politely, you know, ask them to tone it down. But there, I was blessed because there wasn't. And... Of course, John Mayer played so freaking loud. You, <laughs> you know, you couldn't you couldn't hear if there was. But no, there really wasn't. There really wasn't any chat. And um, I, I'm always I'm always fearful of that. And I, um, I, you know, you can really hear it over the streams when you're streaming. It's, it's so it's worse than when you're there. Yeah. But. Um, you know, well, I'm going to take it as people, a big compliment that I wasn't the chatter because I always feel like I'm the chatter. So I hung out with you for a few songs and I no, you didn't give me the sticker. We danced. No, we danced. We danced. We were we were in the groove. That was yeah. No, it was that was fantastic and yeah, I, I what a treat fun. you know to finally meet and and dance and and spend the time that we did. Um, that and I so appreciate it because I know you've got friends and family out the yin yang here, being from here, and so uh, it really was a treat and uh, oh, and, and, and very enjoyable. We had a good time. Yeah, we really had a good time. So, um, well, you know, and you and that's it. That's it. <laughs> and we met. We met up at the at in Shakedown Saturday at the at the further bus, which was being painted with new paint by a couple artists, um, you know, and, and they were doing that. And I mean, like that just set the tone. I, that was like, Oh my God. First of all, the fact that they allowed shakedown street and then it was just so wide open with people selling beer and water and liquor and all their, all their wares and not, I didn't see one security person around like hassling people for permits or, no. anything so 
you know, and shout out to the guy who I I bought the the small bottled water, uh, you know, from his cooler on the on the way in, you know, for a buck each, and you literally go through security and get into Shoreline, and there's like there's typically vendors right there with their water, and that same bottle of water is five bucks. Yeah. Um, so I mean, shout out to the you know. As far as I'm concerned, if anybody's going to get slept cases of water and put them on ice in a cooler and sell them for a buck a piece, God bless them. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. You know, oh, on a scorching hot day, and, you know, once, once I have a, a, a bottle, because I keep forgetting to grab a plastic bottle from home and bring it, but once I have a bottle, I just refill it then, you know, the rest of the time, but... Um, you know, to just, it was just so, it's so great to see that they, they allowed and just let everybody be. And I didn't see a lick of trouble. I didn't, but I mean, everybody was smiling. So it was a fun time. No, I, I agree. I completely agree. It was so much fun. I thought, and even the vendors, I did a little shopping on Sunday and I thought the price was mm. reasonable. I mean, I just could have gone down that rabbit hole bad. But, um, oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Everyone, <laughs> you, you can. Like, I stopped at two places and I cut myself off. But, yeah, I mean, everyone, again, they were just so friendly, so helpful. Everything was so reasonably priced. And I was laughing. I just told my mom how I, you know, I got the tank top and it was like $12. And I said, you know, the Dead Show is like the only place that I would never haggle. Like, if I go to a flea market, I always haggle for something because it's kind of part right. of fun. But, like, I really right. do have, like, these people, they schlep their clothes, they put up their stands, sure. the tie-dyes, like, yeah. all the work yeah. that they put into it for, you know, for tour. Like, I would never ask them yeah. to, for, for 10 you know, like, yeah, no, you just, no, that's, that's, you, you that's a good point. It. You know, no, I it's, a, it's a lot of work. It is. As far as I'm concerned, it's a lot of work to get my freaking butt of everything together and get there, you know, somewhat sane and, and, you know, never mind having a van or a carload of stuff and getting there and, you know, half of them are sleeping out in their cars and, and then, the, you know, just get it there early and get all set up. And uh, there is some really beautiful stuff. And it gets, it just, it just gets u- unique. Like every, you know, I'm like, what else, what else can someone do? You know, I always think like, how many steel, how many ways can you make a steely? But man, there's just some creative people out there. I was amazed. Oh, it was all. So. Like, I couldn't even like it. Stop at two places, and then I cut myself off because it's just I wanted everything. You know, I wanted everything. <laughs> Once I started, oh, I know it, <laughs> it, You want? It reminds me of like if you smoke pot and you don't eat anything, and you're like fine right. all night, and then as soon as you open up like that bag of chips or cookies, it's like yeah, it's you're on. Done. Yeah. Like the race is on. Like it's, like, it's okay, on. What? Yeah, it's on. Like well, that's okay. Now I've had like a snack. You know, and now I'm gonna have like 19 snacks. And uh, I felt the right. same way with the shopping. Like I, I like went to one, and then I was like, I, I can't because if I pop into every booth, I'm gonna spend like a thousand dollars I don't have on mm-hmm. beautiful stuff that I, I can't yeah. buy. <laughs> so, yeah. No. And they take and credit cards. Know, they take credit yeah, cards and, too. Crazy shit. And for the yeah, and for the most part, it's so much better quality than what's being sold inside. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, um, you know, I was, I was 
you know, I kind of felt bad. I, I thinking about it now is, you know, I brought my, my 22 year old son and, um, who was thrilled to meet you and your sister and everyone. So shout out to Josh, um, first dead and company show. And he was extremely grateful and loved it. Um, but you know, I thinking about it now is like, you know, I said, you want to go through shakedown, you know, and you know, we'll meet up with some friends and he's like, sure. He's, I don't have any money, but I could look and, you know, thinking about it now, that's kind of torturous (laughs) for the kid, but he did, he did, he did great. And, uh, as we were waiting for traffic to dissipate in the lot after the show, um, a guy came by and I, there's nothing I love more than a watcher. A good watcher is, you know, to me, that's like, ugh, it just doesn't get any better. And so the guy was coming by and he had the best sales pitch and he had great shirts and they were, you know, nice, big, thick, uh, beefy tees, very, very good quality. And he was selling $10 shirts and his shtick was, Come on, it's a ten dollar shirt. You know you're gonna go home and kick yourself in the ass for not buying the ten dollar shirt. Come on, it's a ten dollar shirt. And so I bought one for for Josh, or my son. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. And you know, it's like it's a lot shirt. I mean, yeah. And that shirt will last him a while too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. and you gave the ten dollars to somebody who needed gas, and, who needed food, and right. you know, tickets for like their next right. adventure. Like they're right. selling it because they they're on tour and this is their yeah. livelihood for the next couple months. And, and he, yeah, awesome. and he was the greatest guy and had the best. You know, had the best. He wasn't selling at all. He was, you know, it was it was his comedy act for, you know, for the most part, and it, it was hilarious. And, you know, I complimented him. I said, you, you got the, like the best pitch going. And it certainly drew me in and got my attention. And, uh, you know, both my son and I, thought, I mean, we were laughing. It, it, he was really hysterical. And then you thought about it and you're like, yeah, like I'm going to get home and it's 10 bucks. Why it's wouldn't I buy bucks. a shirt? You know, two, two lattes at Starbucks, so, right? I mean, it's uh, yeah. parking. <laughs> yeah, such a great, it's, it's just such a great community. So much fun. Absolutely. Well, we are, I, this, you know, it's funny. The podcast kind of starts off as nostalgia, but then it goes up to current. And, you know, that's what's fun about this. There are no rules whatsoever. So we kind of right. started with real time. So, uh, so we I, started current. Yeah. <laughs> we started current. So now I am going to, we're going to go back to take one where I asked you a little bit about <laughs> the beginning. So it's like one of those movies where you kind of start off with like today and then you go flashback yeah. um, to like, you know, now we're yeah, going back yeah. to this time. So now, yeah. Peter White, we're going from June. Third, two thousand seventeen. We're gonna do like a like a a, a flashback, yeah, like Wayne's World the flashback, time machine. the time machine. Yeah, we're gonna go back. <laughs> so, uh, so tell me a little oh, bit about how you got on the bus because we have some songs and I want yeah. to play some music and uh, that's right. Uh, start. Let's go back to uh, to the mid seventies on the East Coast and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The show got started. Absolutely. For you. Yeah, well, I grew up in Connecticut, um, you know, and a similar story as a lot of deadheads, you know, they had friends, uh, I had some friends, and they turned me on to the dead, and, you know, back then it was, uh, 
Working Man's Dead and American Beauty, which are great albums to get turned on as dead to, uh, you know, because they're great songs. And um, they're not like total, you know, I, I also got turned on to Live Dead, you know, and obviously a lot more jammy, um, which I appreciate more now than I did then. But those songs on Working Man's Dead and American Beauty really got me hooked. And then I got into... Um, well, the ancillary bands, the new writers, uh, you know, very big on my hit list. So, uh, lo and behold, the Grateful Dead were playing a show at uh, in Hartford, Connecticut, and at a place called Dillon Stadium, which literally was a high school football stadium. I mean, picture old school, like, you know, uh, and this was 1974. I was a 16-year-old kid, naive, you know, not not a problem in the world. <laughs> and we loaded up, you know, in the van and got all ripped and went up there to Dillon Stadium. Uh, I mean, I can't even imagine. It was like it was like there was it felt like a hundred people there. It was that like there was aluminum bleachers. I don't even know if there were bleachers on both sides. Um, it was like old school. And um, Grateful Dead were playing. So it was July 31st, 1974 was my first show. And really, picture a naive kid. Had no idea. It was, I remember it was hotter than holy everything. I mean, it was hot. And um, I walked in and I saw the wall of sound, not knowing that it was the wall of sound. I just like, hey, cool, nice sound system. Wish I had that, you know, in my room. <laughs> um, and, you know, just blown away. And they opened with Scarlet Begonias, which obviously was new to me. But um, right around that time, was was, was a new song. Right. Um, and it, while it's not their, you know, their best version, you know, their most, the headiest version of the song, just imagine, you know, a 16-year-old kid, 1974, the wall of sound, you know, and there's Jerry and Bob, and oh, my God, I was like, died and went to heaven. Um, and, uh, you know, who knew that they would play, I think it was well over a three-hour show, uh, three sets. Uh, wow. Phil and Phil played the Seastone uh, stuff with Ned Lagan on stage. Like he did a, you know, a, a number of songs. Uh, it was just amazing. Just amazing. And the encore was Uncle John's band. Um, and I remember that song and that encore more than any other song. And they, and they played a lot. They played three sets. But um, to this day, I still remember that encore. And um, boy, that was, that really got me on the bus big time. Well, yeah, I mean, Scarlet Begone is Uncle John's band. I mean, it's like everyone has the songs that, um, you know, I think everybody has their top songs, and there's the old joke, what's your favorite, you know, Grateful Dead tune? It's the one that's playing. Right. And, you know, I, right. I really do subscribe to that thought process. I, I really do because, I mean, it's so hard to pick favorites. But, gosh, there's got to be at least. I mean, if I really what, had like a bullet to my head, I – I, if I had to pick a top 10, I mean, I, I, those two are so in my top 10 and, 
I don't know. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, just the lyrics, the fun, the everything about it. I mean, I think there's some songs that are just really fun. And then there's some songs that, you know, really offer a lot in the words. And um, I mm-hmm. think a song like Scarlet Begonia's, I mean, what's so great about it is it's everything, you know, it's an upbeat, yeah. fun dancing song with so much, um, just, just so much in it for what they're saying for the song, you know, like it yeah, makes it absolutely. one of my favorites. You know, yes. absolutely, absolutely, and it's you know it's fun. It's you know it's, it's strangers stopping strangers. I mean, you know, what That's doesn't it. get better than that, right? No, dancing, they uh... dancing with your fellow brothers and sisters. Yeah, it's the best. So when they, when they... so that you know. That's why I, I I I chose you know being that it was it was the opener too. Oh. I mean, when's the last time you heard Scarlet open a show? I don't know if they ever did it again. I'll have to refer to the encyclopedias in the crowd. Yes, um, I don't know. I can't speak to that. But I mean, I'm always happy to hear Scarlet every time. Yeah. Always happy. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. So that was was an interesting beginning on the bus. And, of course, I was all excited, anxious for more. And lo and behold, the Grateful Dead go on hiatus. Like, I had no idea. I, you know, I mean, it was like, again, what? naive kid and, oh, you know, let's go see him next time. And they must be playing, you know, somewhere close by, like indoors in the, in the, uh, in the winter or something like that or in the fall. And no, no Grateful Dead. They're on hiatus. Um, so it was a couple of years <laughs> until I, um, until I actually saw my next show, but in those in that in that time, I just got into the catalog, and you know, it just I, I wore out records, and God, it's even tapes, and probably eight tracks, and most certainly cassettes, and you <laughs> whatever know. you could get your hands on, it was on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the albums really were, you know, what what was my my passion because there really is, was nothing like going to the record store and browsing for albums and reading the album covers and going home with the albums and reading all the liner notes and just a great experience and, I, and i'm glad i had a chance to uh experience that as, as a as a kid you know coming up so well, it really was it. good I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I, uh, I have, uh, you know, every time I do these podcasts, I hear about new shows, new times, new things. I mean, you, I mean, there's sure there's some, you know, crazy, crazy nut jobs out there that have heard everything, but I'm certainly not. Oh one. yeah. Um, so no. usually when people, I mean, not always, but usually when people bring me some tunes for the podcast, it's like, okay, cool. So, uh, yeah, you get to hear it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a new experience. So, uh, Oh, Absolutely. So let's go in and play it. So this is um, July 31st, 1974, and I have to little shout out my sister, Michelle, July 31st, who you met this weekend. That's her birthday. So it was my sister's fifth birthday. I um, always love a birthday show, even if it's for a five-year-old who wasn't there. <laughs> so, That's right. Th- th- something about the little date. Little did like, we know. No, no, little did we know at the time, but I see the date, and it, uh, it, I can never look at the date, July 31st, without saying, hey, Michelle. Uh, right, happy birthday. Right. But, uh, yeah, so let's go in and play it. And then, uh, and then we will come back and, uh, beat it down the line a little with a, a few more stories and, and, and a handful more songs. Sounds great. Enjoy. Oh, 
Now from listening to Scarlet Begonias from 1974, your first show, and uh, I you know, love Mia Scarlet, right? Every every time, every time. Oh, uh, I was instantly and in, instantly in love with the whole, just the whole thing, just yeah. dancing and everybody smiling, and oh my God, those that was that was good times. But lo and behold, they did. They went on hiatus, and I had. Didn't have the opportunity um, to see him again for a couple of years. Um, you know, their hiatus, I believe, was in 75. But, you know, again, 16-year-old kid um, in Connecticut and in uh, and, and that world. But it opened me up, and I started hitchhiking around the East Coast, catching, you know, new rider shows, and Commander Cody, and all, all this just great stuff. And um, it, it just opened up my world. So, um, you know, I had a few, like, close friends, you know, shout out to Joe and Ed and Michelle and the whole crew. But, uh, you know, we would just, you know, and back then you could. Um, you really, there was no, you know, you called the hotline to find out, you know, when the shows were happening. And even that was kind of few and far between. It was, a lot of it was just word of mouth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and of course, being, you know, young kids, it's we used to just grab the sleeping bag in the tent, throw them in the back of my buddy's truck and hit the road and um, did that many a show, which uh, is, you know, the glory of the open road. Right. And uh, then we would the just glory of being young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All those responsibilities that you don't have yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we would 
we, you know, find a, find the show. And of course, you know, the dead, dead shows are easy to spot. I mean, the town was, you know, back then, right? the town was taken over by dead heads, much the same as today. So, um, you know, we, we go to the show, we park and do our thing and have a ball. And then after the show, we would drive and find a, what, what we would think was a secluded area to pitch the tent and, you know, catch, catch a few hours of shut eye. So of course the tent, you know, was not like these pop-up tents that, you know, we have today. It was an old, you know, I don't know, four man army tent, heavy canvas, you know, with about 79 poles. And, um, so that was always an experience just to, a kind of lug that out of the truck and get situated, but then B to put actually put it up. And um, sometimes we made it, sometimes we didn't. Well, I was gonna say, I bet you would have had way more success getting the tub, tub the tent up during the daylight before the show, before yeah. you know, the pre-party yeah. commenced. Because I imagine after the show in the dark, after having yourselves in yeah. the would make it quite a bit more challenging. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, you know, part of it was that we were, you know, we weren't exactly in camping areas. I mean, we would pull over, you know, and find what we thought was a wooded, you know, back road and drive a little bit and say, this looks good. Um, And, you know, many a morning (laughs) we were greeted by (laughs) not so much in the woods. I do remember one gentleman um, on his deck wishing us good morning and offering us coffee and we thought you know we're in the wilderness you know here we are in some guy's backyard which uh, also by the way we slept on his discarded junk um (laughs) when we took you know my my buddy ed was complaining like i don't know what i slept on my back's killing me or like yeah yeah grow up you know get a life and stop whining and we took the tent down and realized he was sleeping on like an old refrigerator door or something. It was like, oh, <laughs> you know, but, um, there were a few other times where we actually, um, were asked to, to leave. <laughs> and, uh, I do remember one time, uh, my friend Joe and I were, we went to the Cape Cod Coliseum, tremendous show. Oh, just unbelievable show. And we came out of there and we did our usual take, you know, ride around, find a, find a place. And in the morning, uh, Joe cracked up, cracked open a beer and had his little pop-up propane grill, you know, and, and he's probably making eggs or something. And all of a cut, all of a sudden a Massachusetts state, uh, state police pulls in, like his eyes are like wide open and we're like, good morning. You know, like <laughs> he almost like, Hey, you want eggs and a beer or, and he's like, do you guys know where you are? Or I'm like, Massachusetts. <laughs> like we, we, <laughs> I we, can see by but, your you know, uniform, sir. Yes. Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we were down the Cape, but, you know, it's, yeah, I assume we're still in Massachusetts. But, you know, there were, there were nights where that wasn't always the case. Um, so he informed us that we were actually on the Kennedy compound. And that we should pack up and get the hell out of there. And he informed us that he was going to go up to the next turnaround. And when he came back, we better be gone. So, um, you know, and 
I can only imagine with now, right, post 9-11 with all the security, like we would have been locked up. Oh, um, yeah. But but this was a regular, you know, it's a regular occurrence for us. We just would throw this stuff in the truck and go. And, oh, really up and down the East Coast, um, you know, Nassau to, you know, the only thing I had never saw a show at the Garden. Uh, I, I saw the dead, you know, when they were, uh, in their car- incarnation, but never saw the Grateful Dead in the garden. But man, I was all around it <laughs> between New York, New Jersey, Long Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine. Uh, saw a great uh, one of the one of the greatest shows up up in up in Maine at Lewiston uh, in 1980. Just a tremendous show. And we almost ended up in Canada after that one because we thought we were going south. And uh, when uh, Joe Joe asked me to take over navigation, you know, I looked and our friend had the map unfolded and it was upside down, um, you know, because obviously we were a bit under the weather. And so we and of course, we by then had picked up, you know, a few hitchhikers or whatever. So we had a truckload of people and uh, I believe we had. Yeah, that was the show. We had a quarter keg of beer. And um, so we said, all right, we better find a spot. And we did. We found a great spot. A couple of the hitchhikers kind of, we let them out because they're like, we really want to go south. Like, <laughs> I think we lost, they lost faith in us, and rightly so. Um, but um, we had a great night. And we were awoken in the morning by this kind of like this hillbilly guy like he just looked like this thing you know this you, you mm-hmm. you'd see on tv right and old Mainer. A, and yeah they have yeah. they have the accent up in maine you know they've oh, got like yeah. the mainer accent you know it's um, oh yeah it's yeah it's 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 cool but it's very distinctive you know like with oh, the, uh, with oh. the, the woodsy mainer accent is um is absolutely that's Absolutely. And and we were we were pretty far up by then. I <laughs> like I don't remember exactly where we were, but we went north instead of south and we've been riding for a while. But uh anyway, he's standing there and he had like a little pistol and he was shaking, you know, and it was like, oh, like what the hell? I mean, so talk about waking up to reality, like, oh my God. And so uh one of my friends and we were you know, immediately started breaking down camp. He's like, you're on my property and all this stuff. And so uh, he asked one friend of mine who was carrying the, the the quarter keg, like, drop that. And he's like, oh, you're going to have to shoot me. I ain't dropping this, buddy. Um, but uh, we got out of there and, you know, no one was shot, which was a good plus. Yeah. We were a little rattled and stuff was kind of thrown in the back of the truck uh, haphazardly, but we made it out. And we stopped at a gas station down the road, and, you know, the people in there informed us, yeah, that was a local guy. They knew his name. They knew him, and they said, yeah, he does that stuff. And it's not his property, but he still does it, and um, you're lucky he didn't shoot you. (laughs) So we, like, said, okay, you know, thank you, and sauntered on, and we eventually did, did make it, eventually did make it back to Connecticut, but. You know, those are just, oh, I just have such fond memories of, of those days and just that freedom to, to just go 
and you know we didn't worry about anything stop and pick up beer grab a sandwich joe was always big on you know pulling into a diner at who knows what time in the morning and uh we would go and have a great time uh, so one one night and then we used to go to joe had a place up in upstate new york so that was a, a, a another weekend thing we would just load up in the truck and go up there and one time we heard of a show in Rochester and it was Labor Day weekend mm-hmm. and we dro- we got in the truck and we went and we drove and drove and drove. <laughs> that was my first, um, you know, as a kid, I used to drive uh, my mom's families from Buffalo. So I, you know, I knew it was a long drive, but we drove like half the night, you know, and of course, we we left after the bars closed because you know that's just what you do, and oh, yeah. um, we crashed uh, you know in the back of the truck or on the outside of the truck and woke up and I was like, where the hell are we? Like Rochester, New York? Like oh my god! Like there's like nothing. Like where are we? We're in some parking lot somewhere, and uh, it was a great show. It was a great day. It was another hot day. And um, it was at a place called Holder Stadium, which no longer exists. Yeah, I've never heard of there before. Yeah, Yeah, I've never heard of Holder. So it was another college place. Yeah. College football stadium. And what was really cool is uh, it was another hot day. And all the students from the colleges around were all coming back to school because it was Labor Day weekend. And so there was definitely a party atmosphere going on. And, um, and you know, Western New York loves their Grateful Dead. Yeah. I mean, there's, they, they really do. So um, the opening band was the Good Rats, which was a band out of Long Island, um, you know, popular at that time or in, in, you know, the tri-state area. And they came out and – you know, they're, they're a rock band. <laughs> and they came out and they threw rubber rats in the crowd, which, you know, for deadheads tripping was kind of, <laughs> kind of weird, uh, and caused quite a ruckus. Um, you know, so, um, I, at one point, you know, Bob Weir does mention, if you listen to the show, I believe it's 9179. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, 9179. Yeah. Yeah, and I forget where it is in the show, but you'll you'll hear where talk about the the rats and something about laboratory rats and you know some other comment he made, which usual usual Bob Ware cryptogram, but he was definitely alluding to the <laughs> the, the rats that were flying around the crowd. Uh, it was just totally bizarre, but uh, just a fantastic show, and the the best thing about these were they were like totally impromptu you know like nowadays you buy a ticket like eight months before the show you know yeah. and it's like it's, I've, I've even like almost forgotten about shows you know by the time they come I don't have the greatest memory in the world which is also why I'm not a Grateful Dead scholar um, well there's but, plenty you of know, those around 
Yeah, there's plenty. <laughs> speak and, from and, the heart, you know, like that's, and I that's... and I do read, I do read all their stuff and love it. Um, but uh, just yeah, just the impromptu, and and you know, all of a sudden you wake up and you've been going all night, and you had a couple hours of shut eye, like crack a beer, and if there's a dead show, right? Just tremendous. They had um, other thing I remember is they had beer trucks ringing like the outs on the out perimeter of the stadium by the fence, and so it, it really was a a raucous atmosphere and a good time. Um, but uh, I uh, I did I chose one of my all time favorite songs today <laughs> no yeah. one of my For favorite songs is, to enjoy. Um, is is lost sailor um and of course it goes into saint and we're i'm sure not going to play the whole thing but uh that uh that song really moved me and still does to this day and uh it's, it's just a great another one just a great story and great song so that's why i chose uh Lost Sailor from Rochester, New York. Right on. Well, we're going to play it. And you know what? I, I uh, The fact that I grabbed a hold of the concert means the whole concert's available. So I think what I'm going to do is play Lost Sailor next. And then when I do the uh, when I do the music only, the uh, the podcast uh, oh, yeah, yeah, accompaniment, yeah. I'll throw the yeah. same circumstance too. So, yeah, you know, no for those listening, yeah, that's, yeah good. that's good. So, cause yeah. you know, some people are listening for chat and they want some music and then right. you know, I would never want to short a deadhead on a full jam, you know, cause if somebody's that's... like, there's nothing worse than getting into it and then right. like being gone altogether. So this way, if I do right. this to the listeners with the podcast, then they can always go back and, and get a full fix. Yeah. It's like a tape one. splice, you know, I mean, <laughs> it's like, ah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, you know, I wasn't doing this until, I don't know, maybe 15 podcasts in. And then I was like, oh, my God, these podcasts are going to be like two and a half hours because people oh, pick yeah. out these, like, you know, 20-minute songs, and they're amazing. But, um, yeah, it's just too long. So, um, But, yeah, but I always have them available. So I make yeah. a separate uh, attachment. Yeah, I like that. So I like that, too. So I'm going to do The Lost Sailor from – Rochester on um, on uh, the first uh, of September, nineteen seventy nine. Mm. So let's all I'll go back to um, back in time into that time and space, and then we'll come back and uh, <laughs> we'll get um, we'll go uh, a little bit more into a uh, little bit into the next uh, decade. So uh, sounds good. Enjoy. All right, everybody enjoy. <laughs> Oh, 
Yeah, we're going to the, the next decade, and we're going oh into the God. 80s, right? So, oh, you know, yeah. whoa. And, you, you, you mean, what's happened? We have, you know, different, we have a different keyboardist. We have a different oh. fans. I mean, I imagine yeah, the difference between, total. um yeah, 79 to 89. I mean, those 10 years uh, must have just been, I mean, there just must be so many changes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, keyboard. You know, I mean, that was a given, uh, unfortunately, for the Grateful Dead. But um, they, I, you know, I actually saw more Jerry Garcia band shows, more Jerry shows than Dead shows. And I saw a lot of Dead shows. And trust me, I I don't, you know, I was lucky to get myself in and out of a Dead show. Never mind count it. So, you know, I don't. As far as I'm concerned, if you if you can count back to the 70s, I don't know if you were there, uh, you know, but well, they like to I say, certainly like don't have the, the brain 70s. cells to do that, you know. Well, isn't there but a saying, the, if you remember the 60s, you weren't there? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, and of course, as a young youngster, you know, I regret it now but you know many shows i was there but not there and i have you know foggy memories of um but it happens but anyway i i really saw a lot of jerry shows and jerry would do two shows a night that was the other thing he would do like eight o'clock and a ten o'clock show and so i mean we would just pop that he would play everywhere too he'd play the the, the opera houses, the theaters, the colleges, the, um, you know, I mean, I saw him once down in like on the Jersey Jersey Shore and wow. the convention hall there at Asbury. I mean, just so you know, and it was two shows. So you know, if, if even if you you know got out of work and slept some you know grab your stuff and didn't quite make the first show you you could always make the second show and many times you know if you're lucky enough you could you could catch both of them of course i am going back to you know six dollar or 550 shows so (laughs) well you know it it may not seem like a lot but um which it isn't by today's standards but um jerry's jerry's shows were special and he had, you know, just like the Grateful Dead, he had his off nights and his on nights. But I, I just have so many just great memories of the Jerry shows. And he would whip out some gems and really, uh, once again, expanded my music. Uh, my library was just like, oh, my God. 
and um, he did. Uh, of course, he would play. You know, not only on the East Coast. I mean, he would do this everywhere. And his shows at the Keystone and you know Berkeley and and all around this area are, are just legendary. Um, just great shows. But he he did. Uh, they did a tour. Uh, Where and, and Wasserman and the Jerry Band did a tour, and uh, they eventually released some recordings. And it, it's, uh, I think they call it the Long Island Sound. And they did a, you know, they did a tour, which they had, you know, done uh, a number of times uh, with different inc- incarnations of bands, you know, with Kingfish and Jerry Band. So they did, uh, they did a you know, a, a tour which eventually they did release these these tunes from, and I chose one of my all time favorite just Jerry songs. Uh, Jerry would, of course, you know, take you to places and and melt your heart uh, when he played and sang, and it was just it's just amazing. Uh, you know, you, you, at a young age, you know, I I probably took it for granted. I mean, I knew he was amazing, but I, I'm sure I did not realize to the extent of that man's talent. Uh, and, you know, it shows, you know, when you get people trying to, you know, play his stuff now and everyone's got their different styles and whatnot, but Jerry had emotion. He had that feel and you can't teach that. Um, and he would build you up and take you down and, I mean, there were just some nights where he would, they would break down into just so low, you could hear a pin drop, you know? And I often wonder, like, what, how how would that be today? Like, would that be a good thing? Because with the crowd chatter and everything going on, um, I don't know, maybe we were just too stoned to, to chatter much back then. But um, okay. so I did. I, I, I chose a Jerry song, uh, a Jerry Garcia band, because... Uh, not only an honor to Jerry, but I, 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 it has so many great, great memories and saw so many double shows on the same night for Jerry that I, I truly was blessed. And I, and I really feel that way. Well, I think I, I definitely feel like I missed, um, I feel like I should have seen more. Like I definitely now, yeah, it's one of the things that perspective is everything though. Like, you don't yeah. know until you know, and it's like perspective is everything because right. you don't realize that, right. that you have the has the shelf life that you can't go do something. And then even with that, like right. I think, I think one of the things that makes like the bands that are touring special right now, like for a, um, you know, like for, like earlier conversation about Dead and Company, I think everybody is just they are trying so much harder to live in the moment with what's going on because I think that like the older people, especially and the younger people, you know. I don't know. They're they're young, and so it's different. But yeah, you know, hindsight's you know twenty twenty, and I think that like mm-hmm. everyone's so thrilled to know that they can go hear this music right now. But we also don't know is this the last tour? Is the next, like how much right, longer exactly, is this going to go on? Exactly. And I think you have no idea. So I feel like we've kind of learned from Jerry being taken too quickly that it gives mm-hmm. us that hey, there's there's only as much time as there is, and um, I think it's affected people's you know feeling about it and I know I would have gone to way more Jerry Garcia band shows had I you know had a crystal ball and known absolutely absolutely 
Absolutely. And, and, you know, I don't, you know, at my wise age now, I do not take it for granted. And I feel blessed every time I could see any one of the original band members. And, um, it's, I do not take it for granted. Um, and, and we're really blessed that they're still playing as often as they are and as accessible as they are in all different flavors. Um, and it's, it's, I mean, we're, how could you not be grateful? And, and on the other hand, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I, you know, I have enough trouble getting myself, you know, off to a show and dance all night and get up in the morning. And, oh man, it's, you know, yes, I'm not 18 anymore, but these guys are not spring chickens. And, you know, God bless them. (laughs) It's that it's, it's gotta be driven by the past and the play. It's, it's gotta be. And the energy level, I mean, Phil last 77 and I watch him and he, he's having a ball. He's having a time. He's like, he's like a kid in a candy store with a smile. And, oh my God, it's like, I just, my wish is to, you know, when I, when I get there, (laughs) <laughs> that at least I could have the energy enough to to enjoy the music, you know, um, and and be as active as as these guys. Um, not necessarily be on stage, but you know, I'll take just being able to get, you know, get down the block, right? Oh yeah. So. Well, and that's it. They just look like they're having so much fun. You know, they just yeah. they just look like they're having so much fun, and I and I hope again I'm having so much fun when I'm in my 60s and 70s. I mean, it's, it's absolutely, really absolutely. It's, it's just, it's pretty amazing because, uh, you know, when I, you know, you think back to your early shows and, you know, like if you, you know, talked about someone who was maybe 30 or something, I was like, Oh my God, they're ancient. Right. <laughs> like, Oh my God, yeah, they're yeah. 30. So it's just, it was on, it, nothing that was even in, in your conscious you couldn't even <laughs> relate to. And here we are now watching these guys in the 70s um, performing just high-energy shows and, you know, night after night. I mean, yes, they don't play every night, um, and nor should they. Um, but, I mean, you know, this Dead & Company, they're, I mean, they're literally touring. And to me, that that's fascinating it's it's uh it's incredible that you know i again i just hope that i have the the wherewithal and the stamina to uh remember my name and uh <laughs> be able to get around and do do all these things uh at that at that uh at that age so how could you not be grateful no it's a very it's a um it is inspirational, absolutely. Inspirational for every, you know, they're inspirational for every generation. They're inspirational for the young people to see longevity. They're inspirational for, you know, again, people in the middle. And, you know, just to see that you can live your life and you can live your dreams. And you can, you know, go, you can have, like, crazy drama happen. And you can break up and things can happen. And then, you know, then you, you come back when you're ready and when it's right. Yeah, and, you know, I life think goes on, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the old saying, it doesn't matter, you know, when you fall down, it's getting up or, you know, some cheating mm-hmm. thing like that. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, there's such a good example of that for everyone, you know, like, you know, things, 
you know, their brother died and, you know, like right. that changed right. everything, but it doesn't mean their life is over. And it's, again, it's, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it really is beautiful. And, and a testament to, you know, as I, you and I were talking the other night, I'm 50 years. I mean, I, I can't even imagine being with, you know, the, the same people and being everything they've been through together, uh, just you know still even wanting to play together like it's it's they're you know and when they do you can just see their the love for each other it, you know yeah. it, it's just it's incredible so it's you know that 50 I, I can't even imagine like 50 years and there's there's a number of groups now that that have done it and it's um it's it's incredible all in itself like just to keep a band together that long that's yeah, a lot totally of talent is. and different people and egos and families and life challenges and and that's a lot of stuff. So commitment. It's a big commitment. Commitment, commitment and passion. Big commitment. Commitment and commitment passion. And well, passion. without love, without love and the dream, it'll never come true. Right. Right. I heard that one right. last night. That's always a. That's a, yeah, a very inspirational line for me. Um, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you know, and I on one of the Tri Studio um, Wear Here uh, webcasts, I asked I asked Bob the question like, how do you like where do you draw inspiration from? Like, how do you like just get the desire to keep writing and learning and playing and expanding your your knowledge and, and, you know, all different facets of music and outside of music. And, you know, and his, his reply was that he, you know, he can't be stagnant. It, it's, it's either in his core, in his heart, but he just has to keep it fresh and constantly kind of challenge and push himself to out of his comfort zone and, and, and that he draws inspiration from, um, you know, you, you realizing music is, you know, Hey, it's a handful of chords and, you know, you could play them all kinds of different ways. But at the end of the day, I mean, everyone's played these chords before and they have for years and years and years. And, you know, to just to hear in your head, some different nuances of, of, of those chords and the phrases and then being able to transfer that to, you know, either to, to paper or to your hands and, and play that is, is amazing. And, you know, that's where, that's where Bob draws his inspiration, right? Who's to argue with him? Oh. Um, and, you know, but uh, it's, uh, it's those creative juices uh, that keep that keep him going. No, absolutely. And then you know, I mean, and good on him for writing and making a whole other album. And you know, we got to take right. that uh, last night too. So I mean, it just right. to show right. that you know, it's not about what I feel like. It's not about what the people want to hear. It's what he wants to play, where his inspiration is drawing from, how he's feeling, and it's all working. You know, because I think uh, I think some people that play music for over fifty years, you know if they can't be continuously inspired, I think sometimes they just get really burned out and they get really frustrated right. that people just want to hear the songs that they know. And um, exactly. And, exactly. You know, and, 
and he he's just done such a great job. I went and saw his show at the Capitol Theater, and you know I'd say it was about fifty percent the new album, which clearly he was out showing and experiencing people, right. and and that's why you go on a tour with a new album. But fifty percent of it was other things that you know people really wanted to hear of him here, and he really played and he played Eyes of the World, I remember, and a handful of really great stuff. But I think it's that combination between. Yeah. Really loving what you've done and then having the creative juices and the wherewithal to go forward at the same time to keep them both. I don't know very many musicians that are in his age range that are able to continue to create and not seem resentful and annoyed by playing the old shit, too. Right, right, right. He he truly enjoys it. And, and that Campfire Tour, you know, I caught a, I caught a show and I, I was... I. I didn't have very high expectations. I mean, trust me, I love Bob Ware, and I will go see Bob Ware play a kazoo. I mean, it, I love the guy and have nothing but respect for him. But, um, you know, I liked the songs when I initially heard them, and he put together a show that just blew, it blew me away. I couldn't believe how how great it was and how I felt so euphoric. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't ready for that. And it really was a great, great show and a great time. And, you know, again, even when they played the classics, you had a little bit of different musicians and some younger guys and some some different translations of the tunes. And that is something else that I, I really just, I enjoy. And, yeah. you know, again, it's like, the next generation and the next generation, not only going to the shows, but playing the music, you know, it, it's, yeah. that catalog is, is, is legacy. And you don't have to say that to us, you know, deadheads, but you know, just the, the, that whole library, that catalog is phenomenal. The songwriting, you know, it's, and to be able to, I can't even imagine how it feels for, you know, for, for Bob or Phil or any of them to see, you know, these, these, you know, next generation musicians like picking up and playing this stuff and doing their interpretation. I mean, that's got to be like, it's got to be like watching your kid like go to college or something. I don't know. Totally. It's, no, it's, you know, I mean, those are your babies, right? Your songs. Yeah. And, you know, they created them and they're, um, and these other musicians are, are going to be carrying it into the future. And um, I just, I, I feel like it's a really special time where everyone's really acknowledging that this is something that has to go on. And everyone yeah. seems to be working yeah. pretty well with each other about it, which is good. Yeah, which is real good. Most right. Well, it's more than you can say about most things in life. So, you know, like, right. take the win, man. <laughs> take the yeah. win. Well, you know, they. what's the saying, you know, that uh, it takes work to get, you know, hard work to get, you know, what you really, really want. And it, it, it's going to be worth the effort if you put some, some skin in the game. So it, you know, it's not easy getting all this. I can't even imagine rounding up this herd of, you know, uh, people these days and then, and then throw John Mayer in the mix. Um, you know, I mean, he, you're dealing with a whole different record company and, you know, who knows what his commitments are like. You know, it's like, it's got to be like herding cats, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, you know, and of course, Bob is speaking of, you know, he wants to do an album and, and he does. He's got songs in them and, and, you know, he, 
he he will and who knows if they'll be able to pull it off and get all together but he's certainly ready to go and and that's yeah. that's a refreshing thing you know and it's i can't help but notice it's it's um such a contrast and you know jerry's not here today and it, it really and his addiction really you know obviously it's it's a bummer all around you know and um it, it was it was tough to watch you know i myself you know i i couldn't handle it uh, after a while uh, you know of course when they became you know super popular with touch of gray and all that um the scene changed um and the combination of the scene just being the you know the kind of the gate crash and stuff that went on and there was a lot of people just going to hang out in the lots and a lot of really some hardcore drugs and breaking into cars and, you know, all that stuff. And I, I, between that and, and Jerry's addiction and just watching him, I, I just couldn't take anymore. It, it was a total different experience for me. So I, my last show, Grateful Dead show was uh, 1986. And even then, I, I, it probably was a year. I probably went a year before, you know, that I didn't even see him. So um, it, yeah, it's really. And hey, I don't. Anybody that you know watched him through to '95, you know, God bless you. This is not meant by any. You know, there's no intention here, you know, one no, way or the no, other. No, no, no. You know, just a chance um, to share your feelings. It, it, and to this day, I can't watch that last Soldier Field show. I mean, people always share the videos and, oh, you got to see it. I, I just can't. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, um, you know, the, you know, Bobby falling at the Capitol Theater. Um, right. You know, like, I, it's not something I want to watch over and over and over. Um, and, you know, while it's, you know, not in comparison to someone dying, but it's still, it just tears me, my heartstrings to, number one, to see, you know, someone so heavy into addiction that, you know, they're like beyond, um, right. you know, and, 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 and then to, you know, watch him, you know, struggle when, you know, 10 years before or whatever, I mean, you just, he was just like, would blow your mind um, between his, you know, vocals and his feelings and emotions and playing. Um, it just became a different experience. Uh, so um, I, you know, I, I guess I kind of show, and I, I didn't really make a conscious decision about it. I think I just one day is like, you know what, like that last show wasn't that like, it wasn't that fun experience. Like I, I had a different feeling in the lot. It was kind of this heavy energy, you know, in the background and, um, you know, and I'm sure people that, you know, like came up in that era, right. It, they have no idea what I'm talking about because they didn't feel it. It wasn't the same. Right. Right. But it just, I had this heavy undertone and, um, you know, and, and I remember, you know, like in, I don't know, early nineties, whatever, going to a fish show and it, 
kind of, you know, there was just that, it was like that hardcore, like, you know, you came out of the show and cars had broken windows and that was like, ah, those was just sad times. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I had to, you know, I'm a big Neil Young fan. I mean, Neil Young oh, me is, you know, behind Jerry, uh, you know, I'll put David Byrne up there, uh, you know, in, in, in my circle as well. But, but Neil Young, that guy invents himself. Like it seems like every 10 minutes and, oh, yeah. I, you know, another guy who, really will play whatever he damn well wants to play. And I mean, I've been to shows where people are screaming at him for not playing hard of gold and it well, just pisses him was... off and he just plays more obscure. Well, stuff. you know, it's, it's funny that you say that. Cause when I was saying how I think Bob's doing a really nice job of, of, you know, going to the favorites and then introducing some other stuff that he wants to share. And, I mean, I love Neil Young. He is top, top, mm-hmm. tops. And actually, my husband and I were just laughing about it when we was at the show. We saw him about five years ago in Boston. And, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of totally dicks around with his crowd. He played, like, two songs that you knew, maybe. And then right. I think he said, I think he did play, like, Cinnamon Girl and then made some, like, snarky, like, all right, <laughs> yeah. everyone heard what you want to hear. You can all go home now. Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. I mean, he exactly. And he's just, he's so true to himself. And then... He played, I don't know, again, a couple familiar things. I think he played, um, I don't I can't even think, but he played some stuff that we knew. He played um, Cinnamon Girl, and then he came out and did an encore that was like, again, some slow, off, like, I don't want to say awkward, but some slow song that nobody had ever heard. Like, no, and it, yeah. Producing yeah. another album. It was like his new stuff that hasn't been, you know, right. whatever, hasn't been put right. out yet at all. And I was just like, way to end the encore, where everyone's just kind of walking out, like, because you just... I think with an encore, people just at least want that song so they can kind of walk <laughs> yeah. out, like kind of singing yeah. the song and tapping their foot. And like, it's like, yeah. this way, not fade away is like the ultimate, you know, or even like fare thee well on a slow end. I mean, broken right, house, right. like people are right. like, ah. yeah, you want, like, yeah, you want that rattling in your head when you're walking to your car or right. whatever, and, right? And, yeah. Yeah. Neil was like, fuck you. I'm going to play some like <laughs> fucked up yeah. song no one's ever heard of. Good night, everyone. Yeah. It was just yeah. so awesome. Though, and and it's, you know, uh, Neil Young and Ryan Adams um, are two people. When I go to the shows, I really, I, I honestly think before the show, like, I hope no one pisses them off and they walk off stage because it's happened. And, you know, it's happened a number of times and, um, you know, thankfully it not in a while and, and most certainly not at shows that I've been to. Um, but, but Neil will, you know, he put out, you know, Greendale or whatever, and he will play that record. Yeah. Yeah, And that was a great, yeah, it was a great, I mean, being a huge fan, I was all into it because, you know, I knew the story and it was it was a tale that was all woven together. It was like a, a musical opera almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but you know, the poor people that wanted to hear, you know, you know, heart of gold and, you know, needle and the damage done just were, they were just like beside themselves. And I, you know, I can remember a number of shows like trying to explain <laughs> Neil's, philosophy or whatever to people and they're just like I, I don't really care man I, I want to hear 
you know, I want to hear some Neil Young and uh, it's, but you know, God bless him. He even with the record companies, you know, they're like, you got to put an album out. You owe us an album. He says, all right, I'll put an album out, you know, and he'd do some rockabilly or, you know, some, some crazy stuff, right? Whatever he feels like doing, here's your album. And, uh, you know, and he, to this day, whatever, you know, in his words, it's when he's driven to, to play and, and, and get it down, he, he does it and it's his muse. And I'm sure it's much to the chagrin of, you know, any, any spouse or any, anybody that he's involved in a relationship with because everything else takes back seat. And he most certainly in interviews I've, I've heard and read, like, there's no questions. It's never an option for him. Um, you know, and he also is huge on live takes. Um, he, you know, he will do things where, you know, just the band, like first time they've played through the song and he's like, all right, that's good. That's it. And they're like, I don't even know the song yet. Um, just, just, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Nils Lofgren tells a great story of, of how, you know, he played with, you know, he came in, uh, Neil, you know, Neil's going to want you to play and, he came in and Neil's like, all right, you're playing piano. And he's like, well, I, I'm a guitar player. <laughs> he's like, yeah, well, you, you play piano, right? You, you play the, the, um, you know, the, the box, the squeeze box and the accordion or whatnot. And he's like, I'm a guitarist. <laughs> and sure enough, he played the piano and he played the piano on the whole tour, uh, tonight, tonight. And you know, it's, it's hilarious, but he likes it raw. You know, that it, that's his, what he likes. He doesn't like it rehearsed and, you know, so be it. Um, but, you know, my, my dream of Neil Young playing with the Grateful Dead did come together. And unfortunately, it was uh, at Bill Graham's memorial, uh, 1991, Golden Gate Park. I would have loved to have been there. Well, let's go into that because we have a song picked up from that. So, and I would have loved to have been there. I remember that happening because I was looking at that, and I was a senior in high school, and I, I didn't go. And I'm sure there was probably some kicking and streaming and fighting, or some reason I didn't go. <laughs> yeah. That date looks very much like um, like something I would have been at or wanted to do. Um, or no, the, no, right after that. But um, but yeah, I was very excited that you picked this out because I mean they they really are. I mean, yeah, I mean. The Dead in any incarnation is you know, very high up there. The Beatles are very high up there. And mm-hmm. are very mm-hmm. high up there. Like, you know, Desert Island, you can pick five bands, you know. Right, right. Clear, he's on it. Like, again, kind of like your right. favorite Dead song. You can't really pick your favorite yeah. musicians, and, and half of them are dead anyways. So it right. kind of ruins the game. But Right, um, right. More than half are dead. So you're but it's my game. Kind of, I make up the rules. So. Your game, yeah. They're coming if anyway. I wanna, <laughs> if I want to play the living game, like, okay, if I want to play yeah. the viable, like, yeah. which, so Neil's very strong in the viable living game, right? I mean, he gets right. so many more points for still just being alive. That's, that's it. shoots it. him Bonus right points. to the top, you know? Right, right, right. And, and you know, I have to... Uh, apologize and give a shout out to Juliet, who, who I love dearly. Hey, uh, she Juliet. is not, she is not a Neil Young fan. As a matter oh. of fact, we've, 
we've had quite a few running jokes. Um, and of course, I do grant people their, their opinions. I mean, you know, we all have different tastes. Um, and she's a huge Crosby, Stills, and Nash fan and really appreciates even some Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, but Neil's voice just sends her over the edge and not in a good way. Um, well, it's a very so, specific voice. You know, it's I, right? it's- you know, and so, uh, Juliet, I hope this really doesn't send you over the edge, but they, you know, Bill Graham's memorial, as we all know, they, you know, Fogarty played, and of course, Neil Young came out, and I think it was the encore, and, uh, and played Bob Dylan forever young, and boy, if that doesn't rock your soul and pull a tear out of your eye or two, man, that is just, ooh, it just gets me, gives me chills every time, and, and so, uh, I, I, I chose, I chose that song in, in honor of, both of my very high on the list uh, musicians, uh, Grateful Dead and Neil Young. Yes, I, uh, I, uh, I, I'm down. I want to hear it. Let's do it. Let's play it. Very excited. <laughs> hey, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so we're going to take you back to uh, San Francisco and the Polo Fields, which are mm, right outside Polo. of Game yeah, Park. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, they're right, like kind of in, kind of by Keyser Stadium, Haight Nashbury, Golden Gate Park. It's like a section in Golden Gate Park. And this is November third, nineteen ninety one. And um, yeah, let's everybody, uh, let's everybody enjoy uh, uh, hearing um, this. And then we'll be back with. Uh, well, uh, a couple more stories and uh, and uh, one or two more songs. So everybody enjoy.
righteous. May you grow up to be true. May you always know the truth and see the light surrounding you. May you always be courageous, stand upright and be strong.
back from listening to Forever Young with uh, the Grateful Dead and Neil Young for the memorial at the Polo Fields in um, San Francisco. And, I'd and welcome back. Them. And Juliet, you could you could listen again. <laughs> Juliet, <laughs> Neil stop Young with is the over. Fast forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done. You've hit it. We'll, we'll put a little marker in this for you, Juliet. Yeah, when the conversation that's right. Starts and then just be like, okay, don't listen to those seven minutes. Um, or I haven't. That's how long the song is. I'm guessing. And yeah. you know, we just had like a complete. Um, I just want to say this to everyone. I mean, we are just obviously having so much fun talking, and we could talk for three hours. And we started talking about a song, and then. We never like went there and then we went up to the next song. So we missed out of the last part of the podcast, the, um, the waiting for a miracle from 1989 and, um, the Jerry Garcia band, Rob Wasserman, we were talking about, um, Jerry Garcia band. So I'm going to just add this into the playlist only. So I'm right. not going to put it into the show cause we kind of, we, we didn't go down that road at the time, but it's selected. It's beautiful and everyone should hear it. So absolutely. Absolutely. But, Bonus Nothing like a good Jerry end. band. Nothing like a good Jerry band song, and that's that's one of one of the classics to me. So, yeah, it's we, a good we, motivation I mean, to go to the track. Absolutely, and it's. I mean, we're. This is so much fun. Uh, honestly, I could do it for days, and <laughs> I'm not going to do that to you people, but I could. <laughs> Uh-huh. So, you know, we could just have a serious channel of just people talking to each other all of the time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, all, ongoing, we, all dead all the talking. time. Oh, wait. Someone did that already. They uh, did that, but yeah. yeah and turn it on its side. Much, much to our spouse's chagrin that, you know, the dead goes on. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. Uh, that thing. I thought this was the last tour. That was hilarious, that video that oh, went that around thing. today with dead and company and oh my god that was just oh i know that was just i was laughing so hard so if you listen <laughs> to this uh allison walcott uh your amazing video uh, amazing that, allison amazing kudos, kudos. So, uh, just Joe, creative uh, fantastic it was so spot on and uh my friend joe sent it to me and then I saved, showed it to my family, and I sent it to you. And uh, and I actually left her a message uh, on Facebook to see if she'd want to be a guest because I was like, now that is one sympathetical woman that has some super fucking fun stories. Mm-hmm. So uh, who mm-hmm. knows? Stay tuned to uh, maybe she'll be a guest one day. Cause I'm yeah, let's let's hope so. Let's hope so. We want to hear those. We want to hear those tales. Oh, she she looked like she had a lot of them. So. Stay tuned. But today <laughs> it's all about you, Mr. White. So we're yeah. going to uh, we're going to go to the last one. So I have one more song I picked up. So tell me a little bit about why we chose "Love Light" from Phil and Friends with Susan Sudeski uh, out in the East Coast in Boston, uh, 2011. Well, 2001, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, 2001. And first of all, you got to give it up for Phil Lesh, and you know. He was the first, you know, after Jerry's death and no one, you know, obviously the they weren't playing, um, you know, and rightly so. Um, and I believe it was, again, I'm not the historian. Uh, I do remember my name sometimes. Um, but but Phil, you know, just gathering people and playing uh, as Phil and Friends I always thought was the most amazing thing. And back then, 
you know, like in the, I believe it was the, you know, late nineties, you know, when they, he got some people together and did some shows and tours and, and they were amazing shows. And I was so grateful to hear the music again. And his, the man has a knack for pulling talent together because some of the best groups of musicians that, you know, sometimes you would think like, well, I don't know if this is going to work or how it's going to sound like they're so different, but it gels and, and it's always so much fun. And I, you know, just the fact that he came out of the gate um, with Phil and friends and, you know, provided some shows to me was, was a guy, he was a godsend. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And to add to that, the fact that the shows were just so awesome uh, and still continue to this day. Uh, it, it, it's amazing. And, and I'm just so grateful. And I, I chose a, sh- a show out of Boston. Uh, you, know, you know, Phil would do a run at the Orpheum. And the Orpheum, you know, for those of you who haven't been, it's, it's, it's kind of a running joke uh, in the Boston area. I mean, it's, a, it's an old theater absolutely great great old theater and they've been collecting uh a restoration fund on top of the ticket i mean back then it was like two bucks or something i don't know if they're still doing it but the joke was like what are they doing with that money because they didn't put a dime into that theater um but it still it had its old bones and it it rocked um the i i remember you know, and it was, it's down an alley, um, literally, and surrounded, you know, it's at the end of the alley, surrounded by two buildings, and it's on a street. And I remember that the dead in 76, you know, coming out of hiatus, were doing these small shows, and they were playing the Orpheum, and a buddy of mine went, and, uh, oh my God, we could not get tickets. Um, and it was disappointing and it was winter, I remember. Um, but with all the people in the street and just, just, just really no way to get out. I'll never forget the, the Boston cops coming down on the horses. And I thought, Oh, this is it. This is where I die. Um, because you know, I mean, you were, people were literally climbing the walls of the building, trying to, trying to get out of there. But uh, it was very effective. It cleared the area and, uh, we took the money that we we're going to spend on tickets and, you know, bought some beer. And I think we went back to, he was, uh, he was, uh, a student at, uh, UConn at the time, went back to his dorm and put on some bootlegs and, you know, certainly had a good time, but, uh, the Orpheum kind of always stuck in my mind since then. And, and later on when I lived there, uh, I, I went to a number of Orpheum shows and, Phil would do, you know, a few night run uh, with Phil and friends, and they were just amazing shows, absolutely amazing shows. And he would, of course, have, you know, the 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 friends that he chose for okay. the for that run. But then there would also be people like special guests from the area that would come out and do a song or two. And um, I was at the Orpheum one night and uh, the band was on. I mean, they were just amazing. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I recall a morning dew that literally 
just brought goosebumps like the size of eggs you know up up the my back of my neck and it was just like unbelievable and just resonating in that old rickety old theater it was just phenomenal but um this one night he brought on susan tedeschi who back then was a local you know local blues player around the boston area and you know getting very popular in her own right uh known for her her songwriting and and certainly her blues guitar playing and her outstanding vocals and they ripped into a love light that uh, she was also playing guitar and that just i i thought the orpheum was going to come down it was just a raucous you know a a, a free for all improvised jam that just took off and came back down and I, I mean it just I thought for sure the walls were going to cave and man I just you know talk about walking out of the show with the ear to ear grin and it wasn't drug induced it was just right. fascinating and, 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 and Susan has always been I mean I always loved Susan and it, to me her by herself is, is, is she's just fantastic. I can't say enough good about her. And the that Tedeschi Trucks band is phenomenal. They they've got to be one of the best bands going out there. I mean, they really are. They're 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 just phenomenal. And uh, again, another group that uh, has an eye for talent. And Jackie Green used to play yeah. for. Uh, uh, Tedeschi Trucks band. So, anyway, Love Light. Uh, you know, I mean, there's all the Love Light's always great, right? And and oh, yeah. uh, there was a period of time we didn't hear it that much, and this happened to be around that time, and I hadn't heard it, and you know, in a number of shows, uh, it, you know, and possibly over over a couple, you know, tours, whether it's fall or spring or whatever. So so. I was very surprised, and of course, when he announced Susan Tedeschi, I mean, the place went wild, and I did too. So this love light is, uh, I, I, it's, it's just unbelievable, and and a great version, and Susan on vocals and guitar, and I, I was going to choose, you know, a dark star that was, you know, two sides of an album, and you know, take us out with a good, you know, good solid 40 minute, 45 minute jam. But I, I couldn't do that to, to, <laughs> to our loyal audience. So, oh, we'd have a, so, we'd have a four hour podcast, but you know, I mean, again, yeah, there's always yeah. the fast forward option. So that's you know, right. We are making that's it, right. This is for us. We are here to have a good time and anything else is gravy. So right. If you so, like it, listen, if you don't like it, catch the next one. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You always have that option to turn the dial. Um, yeah, but or yeah, just fast this, forward because we want to hear just you talk. fast forward. That's right. So uh, enjoy the enjoy this love light. Okay, well we're gonna do it. Enjoy the love light, and this is um, this is coming to Orpheum, and it's November eleventh in two thousand one. So a nice uh, late fall, early winter day, mm-hmm. my new adopted city, and um, yeah, everybody enjoy, and then we'll be back uh, for a little a little sign off and goodbye. <laughs> Thank you.
um, love light to keep that love light on. Right. I mean, uh, my favorite was at the, what, I don't know which album it was. Um, what's the album or Bob where they fit at love light and Bobby says, and keep it on. At the yeah. End. Yeah. I think that was live dead. I think that, you know, it's a, yeah, turn it on and keep it on. Keep it on. Yeah. yeah. Keep it on. I always like always liked the Bobby the Bobby raps. Of course, Pigpen is classic with his raps, you know, and it's great. I love when, you know, Bobby every once in a while he kind of pulls one off and the other night he did uh Good Lovin' and he kind of did a did a little riff, did a little little bit of uh you know, didn't quite go into the total rap, but uh he he was heading there. And, uh, yeah, yeah those, those lovely, yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I always remember that. And I hear that, like, at the end of the song. <laughs> yeah, it, like, ghosts yeah. the song, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. really get said, but, like, it somehow is ghosted in my memory. Yeah. And they say, you know, and leave it on. And leave it on. <laughs> and leave it on. <laughs> oh, well, this is so that much is the... fun. This, this so really fun. is so much fun. So well, I am just fun. glad to call you a friend now, not a stranger. And I know at attached. last. Uh, we yeah, met at absolutely. last, you know, and yep. and now when we see each other at shows, we are officially fellow podcasts. We've done the podcast. We've done shows together, and we're yeah. we're we're official. Uh, it was just so great, so great. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully it will be soon. Um, you know, you never know, but, uh, never know. hopefully Stay it will tuned. be soon and, and we'll, uh, you know, get a chance to, to see not only you, but, you know, some of the other folk and maybe get out to the East coast and catch some shows and check out the, the tribe there of which there are many <laughs> you are welcome 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 i know that life is complicated so we'll just put it out into the universe that everyone on the east coast would love to see you and if it you make it it works out if you don't then that's catch on that's the it side, that's know? it that's you, you got it use. you got it put it out there we'll so catch... um well very cool excellent well i I am going to say goodbye and, uh, and again, say goodbye for the podcast, but not say goodbye for, for good. So, um, yes. so yeah, so thank you. Thank you. And everyone, thank you for listening. And, uh, for all of you, uh, I am so excited to have this podcast. I think you have been the most requested man yet for Deadhead. Um, <laughs> and you're all going to be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you are my most popular anonymous person that's come my way. I have yeah. to say it. Like, <laughs> there you go. There you go. Which is totally cool in its own way. Yeah, so. yeah. It's it's so enjoyable. Absolutely. Well, uh, until we meet again, um, yes. thank you for joining, and uh, bye. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> bye. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.